Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up, what up, what up, what up? And welcome to the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. And today we're going to go ahead and break down all of this past weekend's fights, man. There were some great ones. But first, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate. Share on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, the Fight Podcast is probably there. Um, all right. So check it out. This weekend, man, it was a great weekend of fights, man. Um, Great weekend of fights. Uh, I was able to sit back. Uh, and first and foremost, man, welcome to episode 71. Where are my manners? Uh, it's episode 71. Um, it is a cold and gloomy day over here in Chicago. Um, it's going to be, it, was, it snowed all weekend and it's going to be a nice and balmy. They said something, it's going to be a record low, negative 50 in Chicago or something crazy like that this week. So I'm sitting here getting ready for that. But uh, all in all, so many fights this weekend that I was really excited about. Bellator finally came back and they had their, uh, it took them a while, man. Uh, it took them a solid year to get through this uh, Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix tournament. Um, great tournament all in all. I think it was one of, if not the best tournaments, um, honestly, in this modern era of MMA. Uh, granted, I've definitely said that the Bellator um, tournament that they have coming up, the welterweight tournament right now, is the best I think that I've ever seen. But until then, I mean, look, Bellator is doing a great job and being able to do these huge tournaments, taking their strongest divisions. And they did they did it right, man. They really did. They were able to go ahead and take their division that at the point in time actually had the most big names. A lot of them were older. I mean, look, Fedor, Chael Sonnen, Rampage Jackson, um, you know, yeah, Big, big Country. There's so many of these guys that have been huge names for a long time. So they had the, the the name recognition. They had that saying, you know, the 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 common fan appeal. So they're the Bellator did a great job of actually putting that forward. And now that people, I think honestly, a lot of us feel comfortable and be like, look, Bellator knows what they're doing. They have a lot of talent. And look, man, even Joe Rogan recently said it on his show. Bellator is as close to 
the UFC in terms of talent wise than any organization has ever been. Their roster from top to bottom is ridiculous. And now they can actually put on truly entertaining tournaments throughout the year. Last year, the heavyweights. This year, the welterweights. Next year, the lightweights. Who knows? I mean, they can do with every division and they can continue creating stars. Um, Bellator is doing it right. I, I mean, the look... Ever since Scott Coker's been there, the talent that they have, I think, is incredible. I think he recruits incredible talent. What he's doing with DAZN and the DAZN app and being able to do, I mean, honestly, the exact same thing that the UFC is doing with um, ESPN and ESPN Plus, he did before that, and he did that with DAZN. So I'm excited for what Bellator has planned, man, but let's go ahead and talk about this event. This event this weekend was headlined. We finally, we finally, 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 we're at the finale. And it's uh, Ryan Darth Vader versus Fedor Emelianenko. So, I was excited about this fight. Um, A lot of people, I think, myself included, really have not been impressed with Fedor in the last, I don't know, three or four years or so. Ever since he got touched up by... Uh, Bigfoot, it seems like everything's been downhill from there. I don't know if a lot of you guys remember, but he had a fight in Russia against Maldonado. Maldonado is a tough dude. He has incredible boxing for MMA, but he's really a middleweight. He's a middleweight that, man, he eats whatever he wants. Obviously, he enjoys life, man. So he's in there. He's, you know, undersized. And he gave Fedor everything that he could possibly handle. So you have that aspect. And but regardless, Fedor is always tough. He doesn't seem he's as resilient as he once was. He can't take the same type of shots that he used to. Ever since those fights with Bigfoot and 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 um and Dan Henderson and all those other guys also beating him. Regardless, he's a legend and he always brings something to the table. Throughout the tournament, he's actually been impressive. He was able to pretty much he was able to stop Frank Mir, which man, I know I just pretty much poo-pooed on dude for the first two minutes of this, but he did beat Frank Mir. And even though he is 40 years old, he has been competitive. So watching him make it to the final is exciting because you're like, oh, my God, is Fader going to actually do this? Is, has he been able to reinvent himself in this modern era and pretty much go out on a high note? If he wins this, he absolutely can stake his claim. I came back. I fought in this era, won a huge tournament against some big, gritty, tough dudes there was that. So he was absolutely fighting for legacy. So you really don't know what's going to happen. On the other side, you have Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader is somebody who was a contender with the UFC, but he never really realized his potential, right? Every time he was able to go ahead and fight against some of the tougher guys in the division, John Jones, Anthony Rubble Johnson, when he fought those upper echelon guys, he got dealt with. So when you actually look at guys like that come to a new organization, he 
took took it and he really took it by the horns man he was able to grow and adapt and 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 he is fighting at this point in time in his career and i think he's 36 years old he's he seems like he's in his prime he's fighting better than he ever has he went ahead and actually fought a tough veteran in the first round of this tournament in uh, king molawal King Molawal, another guy who's actually undersized for, especially heavyweight, but he's undersized even for uh, 205. So he weighed in at 217, but regardless, he's a tough guy, good striking, amazing wrestling. He's like a small, smaller version of Bader. Bader goes out there, first round of the fight in the first round, and just completely destroys him. One punch, huge left hook, boom! drops um king mo finishes him up with some ground and pound he moved on to the next round so all of a sudden you're like oh man look at bader he's actually showing he has some power against some tough guys next round he was gonna go ahead and fight against matt mitrione one of my personal favorites not just because of his fighting style he's a good personality man i, I mess with matt so when he fought mitrione he understood again this is his ev being evolving he was able to pretty much start off with his striking and use his hands to actually blend his wrestling, right? He used to want to wrestle, wrestle, or strike, strike. He's finally getting to the point in time where he's truly blending them together. Not to the same level as like somebody who's smaller like a Demetrius Johnson, but he's doing something that Rashad Evans in his prime, <clears throat> excuse me, used to do. Rashad was able to use his hands, distract you with the hands, and then been able to pretty much explode into a huge double leg takedown, being able to land as much ground upon as he could, and he can definitely pretty much control the fight at that position. Ryan Bader started doing that with Matt Mitrione. Won a great decision. I mean, a couple of 10 8 rounds, just complete domination against a super tough dude. So. He goes into the final against Fedor, and we're looking at it. Is the old grizzled legend in his 40s going to pretty much have his last hurrah? Or is this going to be the biggest name on the rise or the pretty much the cap of the career of Ryan Bader? I picked Ryan Bader, but we didn't know. And people were really picking both sides. A lot of the quote-unquote pundits were sitting there picking Fader. Oh, I think Fader is going to go ahead and get him. All right, so what ends up happening? First of all, the walkouts are crazy. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something about that old-school, scary Russian music. Maybe it's because, look, man, I was born in the 80s. The Russians were the bad guys. Um, all that, like the music that they have, we always looked at it like it's something super sinister about it. Right. And, um, but for somebody like Fedor, who's as stoic as he is, the, the lights drop, Fedor comes walking out. Um, the crowd goes completely bananas. He gets in the cage stoic as ever. Ryan Bader, same thing, doesn't have the same, you know, he comes into some country song, whatever. Uh, not, not, it didn't have the same type of power uh, in it that um, that Fedor's thing had, but the arena was going crazy. Um, the moment both men were in the cage, you can actually see that they panned out and did a wide shot, and you can see all the flashlights going because a lot of people think that this past fight could have been or is Fedor's last fight. 
So this is an opportunity. It might be the last time that we ever see this legend compete. All right. So the fight begins. Fedor super confident. And recently, if you've noticed his last couple of fights, you can tell he just doesn't seem to care anymore. He really goes out there, his hands down, and he just waits to explode on his opponent. He just waits for that right moment, and he just lets it rip. Both guys are moving around. Fedor is just standing there. He's super stoic, has his hand cocked. He's waiting. You can tell he's waiting for that moment. It's one of those things where people say you can feel the tension in the room, like it's so thick, you can cut it, whatever. It felt like that. At least it did for me when I was watching it. So they move around, move around about uh, 28 or so seconds in. Um, Ryan Bader makes his makes one faint unleashes the exact the exact same left hook that he ended up dropping king mola wall with boom cracks fedor right on those fedor drops right away um ryan bader runs up <laughs> essentially does a crow hop skips in blasts fedor with another uppercut ref comes in finishes the fight two punches fights done Ryan Bader is now the champ champ at Bellator. First man to ever be a two-divisional champion, light heavyweight and heavyweight for Bellator in their history. So, yay. You know, everybody's happy about that. Look, all in all, great performance for Ryan Bader. One of, to be able to beat a legend like that, that's always going to be a feather in your cap, right? Now, you had people looking at it and saying, ah, well, look, it's not the same Fedor. Is it because he's super old and he's 40 and his chin is already deteriorated? Or is it that, you know, Ryan Bader actually did what he was supposed to do? My answer is pretty simple. Ryan Bader did the exact same thing to King Molawal. King Molawal is a legitimate contender, a legitimate world-class MMA fighter. He was able to just run through both of those guys. He had he ran through three of the best people. He had the, I think, honestly, the most difficult path to win. And he actually won in style. Um, Ryan Bader, salute to that man. He's finally come into his zone. And here's the thing. He bet on himself. And not only when I say he bet on himself, I mean, he is a currently a free agent. He fought out his contract with Bellator. And now he has all the chips every little detail he has at this point in time he has the lightweight belt he has the heavyweight grand prix tournament belt and he's the heavyweight champion as well this is somebody who has had his ups and downs in the sport man i'm really really happy to see him get that w uh congratulations to ryan bader what happens to fedor from here a lot of people say it might have been his last fight. Um, if it was his last fight, it has completely been an honor to watch him compete. He's a legend in the game. If you if that was the first time you've actually watched Fedor, go back, look at some of his old fights with in Pride. Watch when he fought Noguera. Watch when he fought 
a litany of guys that he fought uh, back in the day, man. So uh, salute to him. And um, and he had a great, you know, IG message. And I'm not going to lie. Part of me was a little sad to see him go out like that. I would have liked to see a little bit more from him. I mean, look, he didn't even land. He didn't even throw a single punch in that fight. Through zero punches, career ended, couple stitches on his face, man. So it, my heart goes out to him, especially a great to see a great go out like that. But look, man, I think people have said it, man. Father Time is undefeated. The longer you keep on competing, I don't care how great you are, somebody's going to come and get you. And that's what ended up happening with that. All right. Um, the rest of this card was super dope also. Um, the Coleman event was the biggest <laughs> shock of the night um it was against the phenom people love him aaron pico man aaron pico for people who don't know a lot of people i mean he is the biggest prospect ever to be in mma there hasn't been a bigger prospect in the sport um freddie roach is his boxing coach and he also says that he wholeheartedly believes that he can be a world champion boxer today. This is somebody who was the number one ranked wrestler coming out of high school. And he, ever since his first fight out, has been running completely through people. He's on a four fight win streak, four knockouts, right? I'm not going to lie. I totally overlooked Corrales, man. Um, Henry Corrales, super tough dude. He's 16 and three. Only people he's lost to are the guys at the top of the division and the people who are currently winning the belt are the, the number one contender. That is the only people he's lost to. He actually fought the 145 featherweight champion, Patricky Pitbull. He fought him on short notice and had a good fight. Didn't win, got finished, but he still, again, he competed and had a good fight. Dude is a dog. So the fight kicks off. Aaron Pico, you can tell the crowd loves him already. He, he, this kid is a superstar. He has the look. He has the, the stance. He has the coaches. He has everything in his favor. He trains with some of the best in the world. He gets, you know, the nod from some of the best in the world. And you can tell Bellator is really pushing him out there. That's what they want. They want him to win. And honestly, if he gets through Henry Corrales, 100%. Bellator was going to go ahead and give him that title shot at 145 pounds. And he might have won it too. But the fight kicks off. And man, I'm not going to lie. Both men look good. They're both in shape. They're both coming forward. But Aaron Pico, in my opinion, was looking like he was already starting to control the distance, control the pace of the fight. Takes the center of the cage. He's already popping his jab. His hands stay glued. It's, it's amazing. When you actually see him, you rarely see the type of head movement and hand placement in MMA that you do in boxing. Um, a, lot of, a lot of it is because of the distance. And a lot of it is because a lot of guys, that's not their initial background. Um, he's somebody who is well-versed in every area of the game. So he goes out there. Hands up, lands a great dutchie, you know, so he ends up throwing that, you know, that jab, right hand, left hook to the body, huge, you know, roundhouse to the leg. Um, he's looking great. Corrales is looking good, too. Um, but out of nowhere, um, they're in a quick um, exchange. One of the best uppercuts that I've ever seen. Dips to the left. Boom. 
right hand uppercut t- completely uh, floors uh, Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales is staggering. He's falling all over the place. Um, and Aaron Pico is coming in for the kill. He is totally disrespecting um, Corrales' power. He's totally uh, disrespecting the fact that Henry Corrales was actually recovering quicker than he anticipated. So he starts just walking with his hands down, essentially through some shots, grabbing a grabbing an overhook and just trying to land big body shots. And at, at one point in time, man, both of these dudes are just really exchanging. Out of nowhere, Corrales opens up, throws a huge right hand. Aaron Pico had his hands down for a quick second. Boom, one big right hand. Boom, another big right hand. Aaron Pico ends up going out before he even touches the ground. One more hard shot. The 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 biggest prospect in the sport is now four wins, two losses, and both times he's lost, he's been hurt. He's been knocked out or he's been submitted and put to sleep. So first and foremost, man, um, I want to talk about Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales. I think people need to put some respect on that dude's name. He went out, he competed, he looked great doing it. And not only did he go ahead and look great doing it, he put away somebody whom a lot of people thought he was going to go ahead and need. A lot of people thought, and already it was a foregone conclusion, Aaron Pico was going to run through him. Nobody counted him to win. He was a huge underdog. And you know what? That's shame on the rest of us. He is with a great team. He, he trains over there with MMA Lab. That's with T. Edwards is over there. You have um, Benson Henderson and that whole crew. So he has a great coaching staff over there in Arizona. He's a tough dude. And honestly, he will be fighting for that title at some point soon again. So tough dude. And look, Aaron Pico, this was a bad loss. I'm not even going to lie to you. The Anytime you get KO'd and but get put completely to sleep, it's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? It's not good for your well-being. It's not good for the way the fans look at you because everybody is going to remember when you got KO'd. You are always going to go ahead and be on somebody's highlight reel. So, especially because of the hype that he's gotten. I mean, think about this. Remember how people used to hate on LeBron and just, I was one of them. I know how it is. When LeBron first came to the league, everybody anointed him as the best, the chosen one, all of this stuff. The same way most of us felt about LeBron, like, man, he ain't even doing, look at this dude, he's trash. Every time he did something wrong, the media kills him. This is the exact same thing that's currently going to go happen with um, Aaron Pico. We all look at Aaron Pico, we all know he's great. People are going to hate on him because of this. But one thing I give Aaron Pico credit for, is that this dude goes out here and he really takes it on the chin, man. He took takes stuff on the chin and um, some of the things that he said post-fight. Um, look, man, I appreciate it. So this is a couple of things that the kid said. There's going to be a lot of people, a lot of haters, so to speak. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to face a lot of negativity. Uh, for a few days, I'll, I'll be off of it. I'll just go with my family, maybe go on a little vacation, but... Uh, but I've been here before. Uh, it's not it's not my style to just hide and 
hide and go home and not face the media. Because you guys are here for me when I am doing good, and then when you're doing bad, you guys are obviously still here. So what's so you can't you can't be that guy. You can't. I don't know what the I don't know what the term is. I can't come top of my head. But somebody that's like when everything's going well, they're here. But if they're 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 not doing so well, they just say, ah, oh, screwed. I want to go home and hide from the world. Nah, it's it's something that you. That's the way I was brought up. You, know, you can't just my dad. You, my dad would tell me you just can't go out there and everything is good. And then when something goes bad, you just turn around. You have to face it. Hey, it sucks sometimes, but it's just what you do. Um, are you gonna? So, look, man. I I appreciate how he's taking that on the chin. I think he's somebody who will eventually be a champion. Um, but he cannot allow himself to get as reckless as he has. The only times that he has showed any chinks in his armor is when he gets reckless. His first fight, overly, you know, hype, all the adrenaline. His first fight is at Madison Square Garden. He goes out there, gets clipped when he shouldn't get by a guy he shouldn't have got clipped by. The exact same thing happened this weekend. He goes out here everybody's excited we all anointed him he's going to be that guy and then what happens he ends up getting clipped but unlike a lot of quote-unquote champs or paper champs or whatever he's taking it on the chin i appreciate that so one of the other things people are starting to ask now is this about aaron pico is it too much too soon are we giving him too much and what do people mean by that? We understand his skill set and we want to make sure that he's fighting the best of the best. Um, should he have gotten a lesser opponent than Henry Corrales? Well, I don't know. His last fight, he fought a, a former title challenger and he completely ran through him. And let's not forget, he actually dropped and had, had Corrales hurt. It was his immaturity that ended up getting him knocked out which is something that he can actually learn from. So I hope he gets better, but this is actually what Aaron Pico himself had to say about if people should give him lesser competition as opposed to who he's currently getting now. And, and figure out, uh, do we take, do we take lesser opponents? Okay. Give, give me lesser opponents. Cause there's going to be, there's going to be a hefty hospital bill because I will really fucking hurt somebody bad. That's really not that, that. That's that's for me personally. I don't. They always ask. I'll hurt somebody that's one in the same record as me, four and one. I will literally hurt them. But that's okay if I need to do that and take you know five five fights and guys that are the same records. Give me the same guys now. Give me give me the the guys that are that are my record. Watch what happens. It's not going to be pretty, but. It is what it is. It would just be collecting paychecks. It'll be good. So yeah, yeah, you might you might be right about that. Just get some uh, guys with the same experiences. All right. Well, I'm gonna stop him because the kid was emotional, and I know earlier I said he was good on the mic. Um, he's not great on the mic, but he's getting better. The kid has potential. Uh, but um, look, man. He has all the skill set. Um, Henry Corrales, like I said, he should be fighting for a chip at some point soon. Um, dude is really, really good. And uh, honestly, man, I, I'm, I'm a fan. So um, the rest of this card again, man, uh, the fight that I loved, obviously, we have uh, Juan Archuleta versus, uh, you know, uh, Ricky Bandejas. Great fight. 
a lot of back and forth action. Um, Juan Archuleta ended up winning by unanimous decision. I can see it going that way. Um, honestly, I could have seen I could have seen it going either way, right? Um, as good of wrestling that Juan Archuleta had, and he has incredible wrestling from the beginning of that fight. He's shooting double legs. He's he's he was just staying constantly in uh, Ricky Bandejas's face, but. Ricky Bandejas was ended up doing a great job of just tagging him. First round, I'll, I'll definitely say I have to give it to, um, I had to give the first round to uh, um, to Juan Archuleta. But the second round, I gave it to Ricky Bandejas. Second round, he was composed. He was landing huge uh, kicks, landing big punches, snapping Archuleta's head back. And Archuleta seemed like he was starting to really get uh, exhausted and tired, especially from some of these shots. So um, last round comes again. It was a back and forth round. Both men had their moments. Um, I actually had Ricky Mabejas winning two rounds to one. Uh, but I understand why they went ahead and gave it to uh, Juan Archuleta. I can see how his pace really controlled the, f- um, not his pace, his wrestling. They can You can say his wrestling, you know, controlled the action. Um I don't think those takedowns that he had really controlled his opponent his opponent enough. But um, regardless, man, look, great fight from both guys. Um, both guys are going to be in the title contention at 135 pounds. Um, Juan Archuleta, honestly, he's probably going to end up getting that title fight this upcoming year. He probably is going to win that, get that title fight, um, especially now after that win against another highly touted opponent. Ricky Mandeas, he's going to go back to the drawing board, fight another tough guy. Honestly, he can probably get there um, next year or by the end of this year. Depends on who he beats and, you know, what he, how he looks doing it. Um, all in all, man, rest of the car was dope. Uh, Jake Haggard. So uh, he's a um, former wrestler. Um, what is it? Jake's uh, one of those guys. I don't know. WWE dude. Um, but his name is Jake Haggard. R- looks good, man. Um, big wrestler, 6'7, 250 pounds. Um, this is a guy who wrestled at Oklahoma, beat Kane Velasquez, who is, in my opinion, the greatest heavyweight MMA fighter of all time. Beat Kane Velasquez twice in wrestling. Um, ends up going graduates Oklahoma goes to WWE is one of their superstars for 12 years wants to compete in MMA he's always had a dream of competing in MMA finally leaves the WWE comes over to Bellator and uh, has his first fight looks good man good wrestling Um, he has solid technique yeah he can sure up his striking a little bit but honestly Bellator's heavyweight division um he can eventually make some noise just as good as his wrestling actually is in his pace. Um, I like to see him better than the guy who they had him competing against. Uh, no, no, uh, shade on JW kisser, but the dude is a tire salesman and he's not in this 100% like, and he doesn't have the funds and all the other stuff, man. So I can't wait to see him in there with somebody who's actually super tough. Um, and Bellator has some guys for him, man. So, it is is pretty dope. But all right, man. This weekend's winners and losers. Um, oh, before I get to that, boxing. Um, uh, Jaime Mangia, uh, who we talked about uh, at length last week, um, ended up fighting Takashi Inu. 
Um, and this, I, I know, I, yo, I butchered his name, Takashi. I apologize. <laughs> it was bad, man. I definitely just went ahead and butchered his name. But, um, yo, dude, it, yeah, one of the most entertaining fights uh, that I've actually watched in a long time, man. Um, Jaime Munguia, man, somebody again. Super tough. Um, just completely last year destroyed Saddam Ali. Um, he was a prospect alert here on the Fight Podcast. Dude is nasty. Um, he went ahead and fought Takashi. And look, Takashi it was 13-0-1 and super tough, man. Somebody who was really muscular for the weight class and kind of stocky, short and stocky. But dude is a beast, man. He comes forward. He's never been dropped. And when he was fighting against somebody like um, Jaime, who throws complete bombs, you never know what's going to happen. So this fight was one of the most entertaining one-sided fights I've ever seen. Jaime was landing some of the most epic combinations huge uh thunderous punches but takashi was staying in his grill the whole time throwing big punches himself he was definitely losing the fight he was losing the rounds but he was still coming forward man really entertaining fight um just going over the numbers really quick uh jaime Mangia ends up landing for 31 percent. he ended up landing 998 uh 311 and 998 and uh, NUA ended up landing 134 for um for 542. He was there throwing shots, man. Um, look, out of Jaime's 998 strikes, 721 of them were power shots. All he was trying to do was get Buddy out of there. Um, it was great, man. Great fight. Again, a lot of punches thrown. And there's so much out there for Jaime Munguia, man. And here's the thing I love, love, love about watching young kids like this. He wants all the smoke. Where would DAZN? DAZN sits there and has so many great middleweight champions at this point in time. They have Canelo Alvarez. They have the Miracle Man, Danny Jacobs. And they also have Demetrius Andrade, who's been just completely run through everybody and nobody actually wants to fight against him. Well, they asked Jaime after the fight. This is what he had to say. Great performance. Demetrius Andrade was out there. He was watching... And he was tweeting that he'd like to face you at 160 pounds. What do you think of that fight? Of course, I will set the challenge. He, what can I say, man? He, he's a man. He's a man of uh, <laughs> of simple words, of little words, man. But um, he's gonna go out there. I would love to see that fight at 160 pounds. I hope that they make it happen. And it will be tough, man. You have somebody who. Has, is powerful who can throw rip a thousand punches in a fight which is ridiculous especially for guys that size it makes for a good thing man boxing is alive and well and uh, i'm gonna talk a little bit more about boxing later on this week um so uh keep your ears open for that um now winners and losers man uh look off the bat, you have to go with Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader, champ, champ, going out there and fighting against the best of the best Bellator had to offer at light heavyweight, winning the belt there, going to heavyweight, winning the tournament, winning the belt there. He's a champ, champ. He bet on himself. Not only did he's a free agent, 
So now he's going to get the bag. And I'm so happy when fighters end up earning the bag like this. I'm happy for him. People are so many people are starting to ask and people are saying, what's next for Ryan Bader? I mean, this dude can literally sail off into the sunset. Or he can have more fun. What I would like to see happen, and I'm glad somebody actually asked him, look, man, the UFC is over here doing trades. They're, they're trading and they're working with the different organizations. Hopefully they can start doing the same with Bellator. How great would it be to finally see Daniel Cormier actually compete against Ryan Bader? Ryan Bader was actually asked about this uh, during the fight. This is what Ryan Bader had to say. Said he wanted to fight Ryan Bader, the easiest guy in the division. Now you have more belts than DC has. Any any message for Daniel Cormier? You know, I'm I'm over that, but you know, he's he's one of those guys. He he proves himself over and over again. He's a champ. Yeah, um, you know, in and out of the cage there, um, beating monsters. You know, nothing but respect from from over here. You know, it'd be fun to do a cross promotion for the champ, 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 champ. But we'll see. So look, Bader says he's open to it. Um, do I think it's actually going to happen? Absolutely not. But uh, regardless, man, that would that's one of those dream fights. When you think about dream fights currently in MMA, you have, obviously, you think of like, you know, Style Bender versus Anderson Silva. For, I mean, yes, that is a kind of a dream matchup. We're looking at TJ Dillashaw versus, um, versus Demetrius Johnson was a dream matchup. DC versus Stipe, dream matchup. This is another one of those actual dream matchups. Another dream matchup. Uh, Gegard Mousasi versus, um, versus uh, the Waterway champion for Bellator, Rory McDonald. Those are those dream matchups that rarely happen in MMA. And now it seems like we're starting to be able to see them happen more regularly. I hope it happens, but I doubt it. Um, but Ryan Bader, man, I'm happy, so happy for him and his family. So he's great, man. And he's definitely a winner for the weekend. Um, the only loser, I mean, look, nobody really is a loser on this one. If we had a loser, we had to pick loser for the weekend. You have to go with Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico had everything at his fingertips. Every little thing. Finally starting to get a media buzz. People are talking about you. He... He's starting to pop in magazines and do all kinds of stuff. Bellator has pretty much already said if he wins this, he gets a title shot. If he gets a title shot, this kid would be 22 years old, one of the youngest champs ever, the youngest champ ever. And he goes out there, gets overzealous, and gets knocked out for being careless. So the only reason originally I don't want to even call him a loser is because he's so young. And he's going to grow from this experience. So in the, the the lifespan or the longevity of this conversation, is he a loser in the long run? No, hell no, man. It's just a fight. But for this weekend, 100% he's the loser of the weekend. He lost himself. He blew that opportunity. Because he got arrogant. And that's what happens with young fighters. You go out there and you knock out four people in a row He's knocking out people. They said he dropped Miguel Cotto in training. They said he's out here running through, not losing rounds against TJ Dillashaw. So you know this kid is confident. He goes out there and thinks, I'm the best in the world. Now, granted, that's the mentality that you want the kid to have. But you also want him to have that 
sniper cool calmness about him like an Israel Adesanya has. That's what you want. You want somebody who's precise and patient and calm when they know they have somebody on on their heels. He's going to learn from this experience, man. He'll be back. But for uh, episode 71, the weekend of whatever the date was for this past weekend, January 2019. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's the, the biggest loser of the weekend, man. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, but salute to everybody involved, man. Um, it was a great weekend of fights. Boxing was great. We have so many more. Look, I also know that last week I gave my entire breakdown for the UFC card um, against uh, Rafael Sensao and Marlon Marias. Yeah, that fight absolutely wasn't this past weekend. My bad. It happens. So, look, I'm going to go ahead and break that card down again this week. I have made a little bit, and I was able to look look it over a little bit more. So, um, it's exciting. We'll be able to break that down again. Um, Have a couple more guests coming up this week. So, keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, We're going to keep it coming, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, A lot of great fights coming up this weekend. Boxing is killing it. Um, We'll talk fight news. We're going to break down a new prospect alert and so much more, man. But with that being said, and yes, I have to pick out a new sign out line. Yo, this is Serge from the Fight Podcast. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today at episode 71. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you guys once again for listening. Let your people know about it. Sign up for Sage Eats, and I'll talk to you guys again next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Peace out.